The first lesson, which is also the text for the sermon, is from the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verses 1 to 15. Now Moses was shepherding the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, a priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in blazing fire from within a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire, but the bush was not burning up. So he said, I will go over and look at this amazing sight to find out why the bush is not burning up. When the Lord saw that Moses had gone over to take a look, God called to him from the middle of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. Moses said, I am here. The Lord said, do not come any closer. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. He then said, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have certainly seen the misery of my people in Egypt, and I have heard their cry for help because of their slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to deliver them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now indeed, the Israelites' cry for help has come to me. Yes, I have seen how the Egyptians are oppressing them. Come now. I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you. This will be the sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will serve God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, if I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What should I say to them? So God replied to Moses, I am who I am. He also said, you will say this to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also told Moses, say this to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is how I am to be remembered from generation to generation. The word of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. We all know that the last few years have been difficult for a lot of people. But the full picture of just how difficult it has been is just starting to show itself. To research for this a little bit, I read a few surveys and studies about the growth rate of anxiety and depression in this country since 2020, and to sum up a couple of hours of casual reading, the rate has grown astronomically. Then I read a few more surveys and studies about the growth rate of those same problems since 2020, about people who identify themselves as followers of Jesus Christ, and to sum that up, the rates have grown at least as fast or faster than the general population. And we all know that these issues have many different factors. Most people who suffer from them have a lot of different contributing factors that cause these problems. And 
I am under no delusion of being a doctor or a psychologist, least of all your doctor or psychologist. So it would be silly for me to address at all the physical or mental causes of these issues or offer you any physical or psychological remedies for them. It would also be silly to assume that like everybody here has suffered majorly from these kinds of issues. But there are a few things I do know. I do know that everybody worries sometimes. Everybody gets anxious at least once in a while, and everybody, even happy little children, get sad, if not clinically depressed, at least sometimes. And I do know that these problems do also have spiritual factors that contribute to them. And I am qualified to speak to you about the spiritual causes of these things and to offer you a spiritual remedy. And to tell you that those who believe this remedy find it to be the most powerful one there is. But first, we do need to know it, to understand it, to believe it, and remember it. Moses was minding his own business. He was in exile in a place called Midian, and he was taking care of the flocks of his father-in-law, as he did every day. And suddenly, the Lord gave Moses something to worry about. The Lord gave Moses something very to be very anxious about. Now, you and I, we have a wide variety of things that can cause us to feel that way. But listen to what the Lord dropped onto Moses' plate. At the burning bush, the Lord told Moses, here's what you will need to do. Leave exile, where you are comfortable and safe and where you have started your nice little family, and you will need to go back to Egypt, where you are a fugitive, wanted for murder, and you will need to assert yourself as the singular human leader of over two million Israelites, most of whom have never met you and have no idea who you are. Then, Moses, after you do that, you are going to need to stand up to the most powerful man on the face of the earth. You are going to have to stand up to Pharaoh and demand that he release you and all of those Israelites that he currently has working for him for free, just let you go, free for nothing. Then, Moses, you're going to need to lead that grumbling rabble of Israelites all the way across the wilderness to the most valuable piece of real estate on the planet and just... Take it. And why don't I just list off the names of all the nations that are currently occupying that land that you will need to take it from. But just take it. We get worried and anxious and overwhelmed by lots of different things. Maybe we could agree, though, that what God gave Moses on that day was even more. And you can hear it come through in the question that Moses asks the Lord. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Moses is worried and he is anxious for sure and he will need to listen to the Lord very carefully. Moses asks a question that contains the word I three times. That's a lot of I's in one question. Moses asks about himself. Who am I? And the Lord answers, and the Lord answers by saying nothing about Moses at all. Now eventually in this conversation, it does go on for a whole chapter, eventually the Lord and Moses do get around to discussing Moses. But this is the answer the Lord gives 
first. I will certainly be with you. Now this is not going to be our main takeaway, but when we find ourselves in overwhelming and worrying situations, we need to start by listening to what the Lord tells us about himself first. Moses and the Lord, they will eventually get around to talking about Moses. But you have to listen to what God says about himself first. See, when we get in those kinds of situations, the temptation is to immediately turn our eyes inward and think about ourselves. And it's not wrong to think about ourselves, but it is wrong to think about ourselves first. First, we need to listen to what the Lord says about himself. And the Lord tells Moses, very straightforward, I will, no doubt about it, I will be with you every step of the way through this. And then the Lord goes forward. And he talks about how he will help Moses in the future. When Moses goes back to Egypt, the Israelites will accept him as their human leader. When he stands up to Pharaoh, Pharaoh will let the Israelites go. It's not going to be easy. It's going to take a lot of work, and he'll never do it voluntarily. But finally, he will let those Israelites go. Moses will lead them out of Egypt all the way back to this mountain where Moses is currently speaking to the Lord, and then lead them all the way to that beautiful promised land flowing with milk and honey, and the Israelites will succeed in taking it. So the Lord starts by talking about himself and all the help that he will give to Moses in the future. Then... The Lord also goes back to the past. And Moses lived a super long time ago, like 2,500 years ago, but there was history before Moses. Specifically, there was history between the Lord and his people. The Lord had appeared to Abraham, and Isaac, and Jacob, and he had made precious promises to them. The promise that a savior for the whole world was going to come through their family. That that beautiful promised land would be theirs, as well as a nation that would be teeming with descendants. The Lord was good in the past to the patriarchs of Israel. He made them those beautiful promises in pure grace. They did not deserve any of it, but the Lord made those promises and he was faithful to them. He kept them. So the Lord starts by talking about himself, and as he does, he goes forward to the future, talks about all the good things that he will do for Moses and the Israelites, and he also goes back to the past and he reminds Moses of all the good things he has done for them already. That, however, still leaves Moses with a problem that could very easily press down on him. And the problem is, Moses is not living in the past. And Moses is not living in the future. Moses has a problem in the present. And that is, he needs to work up the courage, he needs to work up the strength to leave his home and go back to Egypt and take up the leadership of the Israelites. That is Moses' right now problem. You and I, we Christians, we know a lot about a lot of good things that God has done for us in the past. We could start at the very beginning of everything. We could start with the creation of the universe. God made this place for us. And he made us in his image. That was very good of him. And then we could remember how when God went to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and made those promises, he was also being very good to us because he kept his promise to send salvation through that family and through that nation. 
And that good news of salvation has come all the way down and all the way over to us in Woodbridge, Virginia in the year AD 2023. Jesus Christ in the past, he did come into this world and keep all of God's commandments perfectly in our place. And we get credit for it in the eyes of God. We get credit for Jesus' holiness through faith in him. And Jesus, in the past, went to the cross to free us from our slavery to sin. And he rose from the dead to break death's control over us. Amazingly good things that God did for us in his son, Jesus Christ. And then we could just look back to our own lifespan. Just our own time here on this earth. And remember how at the font, the Holy Spirit brought us to Jesus and washed our sins away. We could look back and see how God has given us everything we need to live. And many of us, he has blessed lavishly with spouse, children, grandchildren, car, house, and money left over. God has definitely been good to us in the past. And we also believe, we know, that God is going to be very good to us in the future. We trust that he's going to get us through the wilderness of this world to the promised land of heaven because of everything that Jesus has done for us. And we believe that at some point in the future, at a point that nobody knows but God himself, Jesus is going to come back. And he's going to give us a new heaven and a new earth. And from there on out, the future looks very, very bright because there will be no more sadness or anxiety or depression or anything else ugly like that, just joy forever. And won't that be nice? It will be. Will be in the future. We know God has done a lot of good things for us in the past, and we believe that God is going to do a lot of good things for us in the future. But like Moses at the burning bush, we have right now problems. And we also need to listen carefully to what the Lord says. Moses said to God, If I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What should I say to them? So God replied to Moses, I am who I am. He also said, You will say this to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. The Lord is not just good in the past, and he is not just good in the future. He is good in the present. And he still is. This is my name forever. And this is how I am to be remembered from generation to generation. Now there have been approximately 175 generations from Moses to us. But the Lord wants all of his people to know for all time that this is his name and it always will be. In fact, the word Lord in Hebrew is built off of the word I am. Because the Lord is not just good in the past and in the future. He is the Lord who is good now and always. God's work of creation is not just something good that he did for us in the past. Now, to be clear, it took God six days. He rested on the seventh day. So his original work of creation, that's all over with. But right now, at this moment, God is still watching over this world and preserving it and keeping it going. And he's showing particular care and attention to you and me, the crown of his creation. The goodness of creation, the gift of this world, 
and of your life that God gives you, it is for right now in the present. And that saving work of Jesus Christ, that is for you today. Now again, to be clear, Jesus meant it when he said on the cross, it is finished. The work that Jesus had to do, his perfect life, his suffering and death on the cross, that is complete. That is in the past. But as the writer to the Hebrews makes so clear in the second letter today, the power of Jesus' sacrifice, the power of his blood is eternal. You live every day under the blood of Christ that washes away all of your sins. Every day in the present, you live as a holy child of God who is clothed in the righteousness of your Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus is for today. There was a reason in today's gospel that Jesus' enemies wanted to kill him when Jesus said, Amen, amen, I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. Jesus was calling himself God, the Lord, the great I am from Genesis chapter 3. And you can find the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, in that story. He's right there in verse 2. The angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in the blazing fire within a bush. And there is overwhelming evidence in the Old Testament that that angel of the Lord is the pre-incarnate Christ. Jesus, before he is conceived by the Holy Spirit in the Virgin Mary. Jesus and his saving work is for you today. Accomplished in the past, yes, but still for the present. Your baptism, too, is for now, for every day. Yes, it, it happened in the past, but you are still God's baptized child. His grace does not fade like a suntan. The waters of your baptism are there for you to dive back into every day to drown your sins and rise up in the love of Christ. You live every day with the gifts of baptism, peace with God, and the promise of eternal life. Now, let's talk about those good things that God will do for us in the future. Yes, we know Jesus will come back and call us from our graves if it takes that long and give us a perfect home of righteousness in the future. But did you know the Bible says that your inheritance is already waiting for you at this moment in the kingdom of heaven. Or that Jesus is busy today in heaven preparing the mansions that we will enjoy when we get there. Or that Jesus is working right now in heaven. That he is weaving together everything that happens in this world and making it work together so that we will get there safely one day. The blessings and the joys of heaven are for you now. So, what should a Christian do when he or she finds himself in a situation that feels overwhelming, sadness, grief, or anxiety? Well, I'll leave it to the doctors to help you with your body, and I'll leave it to people with psych degrees to help you with your brain. But from my proper lane, this is the help that I can pass along from God to you. He is your good God today, in the present. And because God is good now, you are good now. It is great to remember all of the good things that God has done for us in the past and to thank him for those things. And it's good to look forward with hopeful and eager hearts to all the things that God will do for us in the future. But he is eternally good. Future, past, and present.
Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. And you are his, so you are too. Amen.